Introducing your starting lineup for the NBA's Most Valuable Podcast. He's a 5'10 forward out of Carleton University. Give it up for Bradford. Welcome back to the NBA's Most Valuable Podcast. My name is Jeffrey Tram, and alongside is John Gallardo. We got a lot of basketball, great basketball to talk about. Um, I think we just want to get right into it. Uh, we definitely want to start with talking about the Lakers-Nuggets series. John, what's your thoughts? Man, all I can say is a lot of people didn't give the Nuggets a chance, I feel, in this series because they were down 3-1 versus the Clippers. They were down 3-1 versus the Jazz. And now they've taken a game and they're down 2-1 versus the Lakers. Um, to be honest, they could be up 2-1 right now, this Nuggets team, because Anthony Davis hit that great, great game-winning shot in game two. But I think the Nuggets just in general, they've been playing great basketball. And I think a big theme with this team in general is their opponents, for whatever reason, are underestimating them, I feel. I think the Lakers, they just thought that they can pretty much win this series super easily but you saw in that last game they went down they were down big in that game three loss that they had so I think the Lakers need to get serious if they want to really take this series and be the title contenders that we expect them to be absolutely absolutely um Jamal Murray has played really great that last game um, he's been playing great this whole series. And um, I think after what, regardless of what happens uh, with uh, the team, I think Jamal Murray's stock and uh, respect in the league has gone a lot higher um, as he is a def- definitive young star in this league. Uh, for those who underrated him, I know a lot of people who underrated him, but I've always believed in him. Like I've talked about before, I'm a big fan of him. Kitchener, Ontario zone. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, you mentioned uh, Anthony Davis' game winner, which was a great uh, game. Um, and I think with the Lakers' success, um, if the Lakers want to win the championship, which you know I have them going to, um, Anthony Davis has obviously got to be that number one star. And LeBron James, I think that he he doesn't mind deferring to him as that number one option. They've um, you know, if we, if we want to talk about earlier game two, uh, LeBron James was making, having, uh, had some turnovers, you know, and uh, he had some costly uh, plays like that were a little un-LeBron James-like. I mean, for some people, they consider that to be LeBron James because they, they, they think that he's unclutching the playoffs and that type of stuff. I mean, I don't really have to respond to that type of stuff. But um, 
yeah, I think LeBron James's goal is to have Anthony Davis be that number one option and be that scoring machine because um, I'd say Anthony Davis is the best player in this series. Would you agree with that? Ooh, I don't know, man. I think the best player in this series is – I'm going to say it's Jokic just because his ability to affect this series in multiple different ways, mm-hmm. whether it's dominating the post. Because Anthony Davis, he's a great defender, but he's not like the burliest – type of guy to stop a, stop someone like Jokic so he, there's that in terms of his post ability and then his ability to play make just in terms of you see in that last game in game three Jamal yeah. Murray was getting the ball a lot off the ball yeah. and you know Jokic can run handoffs he's basically the point guard in the center position so that ability to play make I think it's on par with what LeBron James does for the Los Angeles Lakers and then but- he can still shoot the three yeah, but okay. So I would say Jokic is the best center in the league. I think that's he's a tier above like the Carl Anthony Towns, the Joel Embiid's, um, and other the other centers in the league. But I would say Anthony Davis is the best big man. Like Anthony Davis is still a better player than Jokic. I would say, like Jokic has played amazing. He's a focal point of Denver Nuggets, um, uh, offense playmaking. Like you mentioned, his passing absolutely amazing. Um. But Anthony Davis, like, he, 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 I mean, his athleticism, although Jokic, like, with Jokic, he's actually still pretty mobile for the size that he, he is. And, um, you know, and the, th- I'll th- the thing I'll say about Jokic, his, like, fadeaway niche, like, fadeaway shot is, like, unblockable. Oh, my, oh my goodness, you know? The shades but, of Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, I, he definitely probably got, learned it from Anthony, uh, sorry, from uh, Dirk Nowitzki, but... Um, I think ultimately like Anthony Davis, like he is, you know, a a top five player. Um, and the Lakers need him to be like that. Cause LeBron James, I think he, he's at a point in his career where like, he knows he can dominate, but he really wants to have Anthony Davis be the number one option. Cause I think that LeBron James, um, knows that like, Anthony Davis is probably the best player he's ever played with. And with that's all with due respect with Dwayne Wade and the players he's played with. But I would definitely say that um, with um, with that being in mind, LeBron James can still dominate regardless. But he just hasn't had that chance to really dominate. He's had spurts throughout the playoffs. But I think he's saving himself for when – that makes sense. I think for the Lakers, the biggest things for me anyway, or I guess for both teams is the stars have to play really good. But mm-hmm. I think for me, I always key in on the role players in series is like this. So in, in the games that both teams have won, someone has stepped up other than LeBron James, AD, Jamal Murray, and Jokic. So right. I believe in game two or game one, it was Contavious Caldwell Pope, he had like 18 or something off the bench. Right. Danny Green hasn't played too well in this series yet. And then we saw in that last game, Jeremy Grant, he he went off for 26 points. That's huge. Yeah, his playoff career high. Playoff career high. And then look at Monte Morris. He also had 14 in, in game three. That was pretty big as well. Even like so- Porter, Porter Jr., you know, he only played 22 minutes, but he chipped in nine. You know, Gary Harris, seven. You need that production from other guys if you want to really win in this time of year. And I think 
it's just going to come down to which role players hit more shots and which stars play good. So I'm looking at LeBron James right now because LeBron, he's, I think he's the best player on the Lakers team because the Lakers, they need LeBron James to be the best player if they want to win a championship, in my opinion, because AD can only take them so far. I think if LeBron James really turns up that next gear that we know he can get to, yes. then the Lakers will be the un- undoubtedly the favorites. Yeah, I would definitely say that. But, um, you know, I was watching, I believe, Undisputed, where they were talking about how um, in some ways, like this can be compared to the Miami situation in that Dwayne Wade was – kind of like deferring to LeBron James in that that series in I mean throughout those years in that like hey LeBron go get that bucket go do this go do that like Dwayne Wade at that point of his career was starting to um age and not be uh, go out go play out his prime um and I think that LeBron James is kind of doing that to uh Anthony Davis where he's kind of like I said before like kind of deferring to him a little bit more and trying to put him in the best position and although Anthony Davis like throughout his years hasn't had like the most playoff success he's also played on a Pelicans uh team franchise that weren't giving him the best pieces or there were bad luck there was bad luck like the DeMarcus Cousins injury um and now that Anthony Davis has a chance to play with a guy like LeBron James and Anthony Davis at that time before this you know um was already looked at as a top five player. Now you got one of the best playmakers of all time helping you and get relieving some of that pressure. Anthony Davis, it's on Anthony Davis to be that dominant scoring machine. And then LeBron James also be assertive and aggressive because um, we've seen it a lot during the regular season, especially this year and like several games throughout the playoffs so far in that we've criticized LeBron James' lack of assertiveness in he's trying to be too um he's he's being too soft in that he's always trying to defer to uh Anthony Davis and I think that LeBron like you said he um he needs to play better um in order for the Lakers to win the championship where he needs to find that balance of like setting up Anthony Davis but also being that guy who can literally like drive to the lane and just dunk on everyone like who on the the Nuggets can actually guard him one-on-one, like driving to the lane. Nobody, almost nobody can guard him in the league. And the only person who could have done that really was Kawhi, but the Clippers are gone. So LeBron James has no excuse to like get like at least 25 a game if he wanted to. You know, and don't get me wrong. LeBron played good in that last game. He had a 30-point triple-double. But I think just in general, he needs to – it's it's tough because his his teammates and his role players they're not always there like Danny Green he's he's a really respected player in our league but man he needs to hit shots man like what what are you doing Danny i mean i, I don't know if we can really talk cuz our our team is out of the playoffs and he's the only former raptor now that's in the playoffs mm. from that 2019 championship team but man Danny Green just i don't know what happened to him man he's He's on like, I don't know. You're, we're looking for him right now because he's. Can missing. you 
can you imagine if he played like the 2013 San Antonio Spurs version of himself, where he was Not just even that man? Like if he just played. Well, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, but can you imagine how much of an impact that would be for the Lakers team? Because it, it would be like they, they would be unstoppable. But he just but, needs to play like 2019 Danny Green. Honestly, like he played uh, better in last year's playoffs than this year. Better, but still, he wasn't the greatest. There were plenty of games where he was bricking everything to the point where we had to play Fred Van Fleet starting um, from the second half. That's that's funny though because, like, he he still had some games. He had he had like a couple games here and there in the series in series where he went off. But in this playoffs, I can't even remember like any game that Danny Green even popped off for twelve points or like fifteen. Like, come well, on, Danny. Another Lakers role player I want to like rip on is Kyle Kuzma, cause man, bro, you know uh, the Pelicans were smart not to acquire him. You know they got all the good Laker young players. Um, I'm sure that even like a guy like Josh Hart, I think the Lakers would take right now over Kuzma as of right now, cause man, he is so inconsistent, and he's become a liability. I mean, he he had become he's been a liability. Um, he would have those occasional games where he could hit threes. I'm like, okay, Kuzma, but then out the, like for the most part, he's just like he is so inconsistent, and he's not the good third option that the Lakers need. He's supposed to be that guy. He's the guy that the Lakers kept, you know, out of. I mean, obviously they were not going to keep Ingram because that was a big part of that trade. Uh, Lonzo was definitely going to go. Um, it was kind of like. I would say at that time, the debate was either Josh Hart or Kuzma or both or, like, you know. Um, but Kuzma was that guy that they chose to keep, you know. And I remember when Kuzma was first, like, um, kind of, like, being known throughout the league. He was kind of like this positionless forward who can, like, you know, he could play small forward, power forward. Um, but he can also, like you know he's mobile he can shoot you know he's got a bit of a game you know that that hype and his game was probably like heightened because of the fact that the lakers were really really bad and like he was one of those guys who um you know probably got a lot of playing time got a lot of options and but and but now that he's on a team where like he's got good players and he's got a role like he's been failing his role like he's not been the guy for the lakers and uh, the Lakers should start looking at shopping him for next uh, next year. Yeah, I mean, it's we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. I feel like it's sometimes it's we just look at this Lakers team and it's LeBron James, AD, and the scrubs. I mean, no disrespect to anybody that's on an NBA roster because it's a big accomplishment to make it yeah. in the NBA. But come on, man! Like when you got Dwight Howard in the game and he's trying to taunt Jokic, and then Jokic is just like not even paying attention to. Like, come on, man! Like. It, you got to do something more than that because those are the type of antics I think that don't win basketball games. Like when you're trying to be physical and trying to actually like hurt someone, I don't think there's a place for that in today's league anyway. Like go back to the eighties if you want to do that, but come on, man, like Dwight, he needs to do something other than that. I don't know, man. Like he had four points, one rebound in 40 <laughs> minutes that game. Like, come on, Dwight, yeah. you can do better than that. You know, and, I- I'll give him credit to Rondo because, uh, like, he played some good, had some good defensive efforts um, when the Lakers were starting to come back in the, the fourth quarter oh. on Jamal Murray. I think that the Rondo needs to be on uh, Jamal Murray for the rest of the series. 
because I think he's the best guy to guard him because no one else can. Yeah. And you also think about uh, the absence of an Avery Bradley in this situation. Absolutely. Because it's easy to forget that Avery Bradley is not on the team right now, but he would definitely be an option that the Lakers would love right now to guard a guy like Jamal Murray. So, I mean, he's not there, so they're going to have to pick up the slack. And this Laker team, I think they're not in trouble yet because they're going to be in trouble if they're up 3-1. Because we all know the Nuggets <laughs> play the best when they're down 3-1. 3-1, yeah. So they got a dilemma here in this next game if they want to win the next one or if they want to lose it to get it tied 2-2. I don't know how superstitious uh, the Lakers are, but I can tell you for a fact that a lot of basketball players are super superstitious. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. So I think we're yeah. going to move on to the Miami-Boston series over in the East. So that series, I be, it's 2-1 right now as well, with uh, Miami taking a 2-0 lead and then Boston taking the last one. Yes. The, the game is tonight as, as of the day we're recording this. So I just want to ask you, Jeff, right off the bat, what were your observations in that game three? Uh, game three is the return of Gordon Hayward. Um, he obviously represents a big part of that Celtics team, like both on the court and just symbolically in that, you know, I think like Gordon Hayward is a definitely a likable guy, especially, you know, after that horrific injury from a couple years ago. Um, he isn't, I, he has flashes of his old Utah days, but obviously he's not exactly the player he once was but he's still an important part of that team because he's just another option on the court on the offensive end um so i think that him returning uh gave some more spirit to the team um this i i I predict the series to be going to game seven so um i knew that my uh the celtics were going to take at least one uh one game they might tie the series tonight. I think that th- I think that's what's going to happen. But um, very great, a very good series. Um, I think the highlight of the series for me so far was that Bam Adebayo block on Jason Tatum. Yep, that that was fantastic. Um, and then also like uh, Marcus Smart and the Celtics uh, locker room. Um, yeah. That, you know, there are some questions I have about that because, like, you know, with sports, you know, it can be an intense sport. Um, but what line is too far, you know? Um, you know, some people might say that that's, that's good because, um, you know, that just shows the passion that some players have for the game. But at the same time, at what point is, does that become just too far, disrespectful, extra? Um it depends on the person. I don't know. Um, it depends on how um, they take it too. The Celtics are still a relatively young team. You know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are still very young guys. Um, Marcus Smart is just a very intense player, and I, I can tell he wants to win. He always lo- He's very competitive, which is a good habit to have. You know, I think that that's, uh, that should be infectious. That, that type of effort is good on a team, for the most part. As long as it doesn't become toxic, I wonder how they he's actually affected the locker room. You know, especially since, you know, 
the Celtics locker room has always been a story going back to the Kyrie Irving days. Um, some people are questioning like, wow, maybe Kyrie Irving wasn't the problem. I don't even know. Um, but we'll see how uh, the Celtics um, move on from that. Obviously, they got a one game. Maybe they can tie the series. Maybe that was a, a, a game changer for the Celtics. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think people are blowing out the uh, – they're kind of blowing out of a proportion a little bit, the Celtics uh, locker room outburst, because I think if, if I'm a basketball player anyway, if I was in the NBA – and we're down 2-0. I don't want my teammates to be down. I want my teammates to be – I want my teammates to feel something, whether it's, like, enthusiasm, like, come on, guys, we can do this. Like, let's rally behind us. Or I want them to be mad. I want them to hold people accountable. I think that's the type of teammate you want to play with because if you really want to win in the NBA, you can't be aver- averted to criticism. Right. Like, I know guys like – Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan, they've gotten a lot of criticism over the years for their type of leadership style in terms of being like an authoritative, uh, like sort of almost like dictator in the locker room. But at the end of the day, those guys, they really want to win and they hold themselves to a high standard and they're trying to also hold those standards onto their teammates, which is a little bit kind of, it's lofty because not everybody has the same work ethic. Not everyone has the same level of talent. But I think the Celtics needed that because they were just playing in this series. Like, in my opinion, they were playing like they were scared. You're right. They're, they're playing very hesitant in the first two games. And they came out in game three with urgency. And I think that's what really helped them to win that game. The, the, the presence of Gordon Hayward is huge. Although, you know, he didn't make too much of an impact on the box score. But it's the first game, yeah. It's, yeah, it's his first game back, so you can't expect much. But just him being there, it's another option to potentially pop off for the Celtics. And the Celtics are also just at their best when they have multiple guys scoring like 15 to 20 points plus. Their team, yeah, that's four. like, yeah, they had four players with 20 plus points in that last game. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba, and then Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. They're just a team that's very balanced, and that's the way they play. Like, one of their players is not going to pop off for 40, most likely. Mm-hmm. So that's how they need to play. In terms of Miami in that game, I think the biggest reason why they lost that game is the fact that Gordon, Goran Dragic actually got kind of shut down. He only had 11 points in that yeah. game. He and, had a minus 29. Yeah. He he's a he's a big factor in the Miami Heat's success this postseason. He's right. probably been like the greatest like surprise story outside of I don't know. People say is he a surprise? Murray, but I he, I don't know, man. Because he's, he's been a good player for years. He, he's been around, but I I will say this. I I, th- I think I've already said this like three times on the podcast, so I'll make it quick. But. Goran Dragic, I, I just forgot that he even was in the league this season because Kendrick Nunn has been playing that starting guard position the whole season. And I don't know, Dragic, like, I think he missed some games due to injury. But, yeah, he, he's just been playing, like, one of the top five point guards in the league in this bubble experience. So he's been a surprise, but he's also a big key to their success right now because outside of him, I think there's – 
the shot creators on Miami's offense right now are kind of shaky. So you look at Jimmy Butler, he hasn't had like an amazing game versus the Celtics in terms of like offensive production. He's been terrific on defense, which is what we know of Jimmy Butler, but he hasn't had that game where he's popped off at like 30, 35. And then, you know, bam, he's been unstoppable in the pick and roll, but it can't just be bam. And Tyler Hero played pretty good in that last game. He had 22, but Duncan Robinson was only held to 13. Whereas, you know, the game that Miami won in game two, Duncan Robinson went off. So you just look to Miami's production and they need to be kind of like the Celtics. They need to be well-rounded as well. They can't just have like two players scoring like 20 plus. They need maybe like five or six guys to score 10, 15 plus in order to win a game in this series. Right. Um, you know, Miami obviously has been playing amazing these playoffs. Like, this is their second loss um, in the playoffs, which is crazy. Um, I What this is going to be the most challenging uh, series, you know, for them, at least. It's, it's, it's going to be difficult in that, again, two great coaches. We've talked about this going into this series. Um, but Gordon Hayward, like, um, I wanted to talk about him because – you know, obviously he had a rusty first game, two for seven, six points. Um, but if he can get back, get back, back to somewhat to himself, you know, he's just another guy who could score for them. So that's another guy to guard. And because of the what we've talked about throughout the, um, these playoffs, the pleasant surprise of Marcus Smart and his play on the offensive end. Now you've got one, two, three, four, five guys who can get you a bucket. You know, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, uh, Jalen Brown. Those are the big three that we know of. Gordon Hayward, when he's healthy, is that four. And then now Marcus Smart has become like that fit, another guy who can do that for them and also uh, have an impact on the defensive end. So the Celtics, they're, they got five guys who can do that, and that's a scary thing. Um, on the other hand, um, with uh, the Heat, you know, they've got guys who can guard, but that's gonna that's a tough matchup uh, for them in that, like, that's a lot of guys to guard. Um, but, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler, you know, he had a little bit of an off game, 17 points. Um, he, he probably, that, that he needs to at least get 20 above to, for them to be uh, competitive, which I know he, he can, you know, I believe in Jimmy Butler and his play. Uh, you mentioned Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. We've talked about how much of a key role that they play um, in just hitting those shots. Like, I get so impressed watching Duncan Robinson and the way he shoots. Um, he definitely has – he definitely watches a lot of, like, the Clay Thompson, J.J. Yeah. Reddicks, and the way he plays – the way he moves with the ball. It, it, that's a skill in itself. You know, you got to be running. And I know that for the Raptors, Matt Thomas, they've talked about how Matt Thomas has also been trained as um, – has been asked to look at their footage a lot and how they uh, run through screens and literally like catch and literally shoot like, like in a split second and be so accurate. I really think that Duncan Robinson is amazing. It probably one of the best three point shooters in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, Andre Iguodala <laughs> zero points, but he, he had a uh, seven minutes. Did we talk about uh, why he only had seven minutes? Uh, you know, I think Iguodala is not getting too many minutes in this series just because he's a complete non-factor on the offensive end. I, I don't count on him to score at least eight points because 
he's just at that point of his career where he's just coming in to play defense for a couple minutes and or or he's just the garbage time guy but I think out of their wings the people they're going to more is a guy like Derek Jones and then Mm -hmm. Jay Crowder Jay Crowder's been amazing in this playoffs he's been a revelation for Miami but you know I don't know man Andre Iguodala like he, I don't think he was actually the big piece that they acquired in that Memphis Grizzlies trade that we liked we liked to criticize because um you know back to Ben when they made the trade they're talking about going to a winner but and, and it turns out they're on a winning team now but Jay Crowder has been the only player beside in that trade that has, has been playing good in the bubble anyway so I I don't put too much stock in Iguodala not getting much time to play. What what are your keys going forward? Because obviously we're at a crossroad in this series where, you know, Celtics can go up or sorry, Celtics can tie the series tonight or, you know, Miami can take a commanding 3-1 lead. So what are your keys for both teams in this next game? I think the very obvious and cliche thing to say, but very, very true, is the Stars need to show up. Uh, bam, I've no... I've no worries about him his play he's been playing amazing these playoffs um i think i've talked about it before about how like um when the the miami heat traded hassan whiteside per, like even though like you know you're not i know you're not the biggest fan of hassan whiteside but i still valued his effort on the shot blocking end and but uh <laughs> they made they traded him away to make room for bam out of bio and he's been one of the best players that one of my favorite players to watch um, uh, his impact on the, the offense and defensive end. Um, again, I also don't have a lot of worry toward Jimmy Butler because I know he's a dog. That man can perform in the playoffs. Um, and he, he, he's also very, very clutch. Um, I also think we're going to, we can bank on Dragic not having that bad of a game again, because minus 29, that's rough. I'm looking at it right now. I'm like, yikes. Uh, two for ten on the court, um, and then for the Celtics, uh, it'd be. I think the Celtics would love to see Gordon Hayward like step it up if he can. If not, like then it's just more on Jason Tatum and K- Jalen Brown to lead the team again. Jalen Brown has just been um, playing not just great like score, scoring wise, but also just like being pretty efficient uh, throughout the playoffs. I've really like. Just looking at his stat lines, they're very nice to look at because it's like he's getting these points, but he's also very, very efficient. So good on him. Um, and then Kemba Walker, yeah, do we, like what we've talked about, just the stars. And then the bench players, you know, um, I would definitely say that the Heat have a better bench. Um, like I think Ennis Cantor's been playing a few minutes here and there. Brad Watermaker, you know. <laughs> He played really great during the Raptors series. But I, I like, hate that guy. He's I know. <laughs> I've had I've had enough of Wanamaker. Honestly. Yeah. Um, Grant Williams uh, has been a you know he's been a okay backup center, but like with the Heat, like having you know I know Kendrick Nunn. He only had four. He only had four minutes. Wow. Um, but like Harrow is the key guy off the bench for them. With Derek Jones Jr., Kelly Olynyk, um, those are the three guys that like should play better uh, if they want uh, to win the next game. Which I think I predict Miami is going to win uh, uh, this game tonight. Actually, 
Hmm. What do you think? I don't know. Um, I, a question I have right now is like, where's Robert Williams? Yeah. Robert Williams would be amazing in this series because Daniel Tice and him, I think Robert Williams is more of the athletic center. I think he would be a perfect matchup for a guy like them. And I'm not sure why he's not playing. I don't know if he's, he got injured because he took a fall uh, like a couple of times in the Raptors series and it could be his back that's ailing him, but I haven't heard any injury reports about uh, Robert Williams. And that's, I guess that's why Cantor has been playing. Uh, and Cantor, he's honestly, he, he's a good center. Don't get me wrong. And I respect everything he does like off the court in terms of his freedom fighting and stuff like that. But he is not good in this series because he cannot guard. Just plain out and simple. He's going to get Easy. torched in the pick and roll every single time. And Absolutely. Like even, that, even in the Raptors series, the couple minutes that he played made the difference in that game six where the Raptors won. So, <laughs> like... Ennis Cantor, he, he just can't play. Uh, he can't play in this series because Bam is too athletic for him. He's too fast. And Miami's just going to attack him every single time he's on the court. So my biggest question is, where is Robert Williams right now? And in terms of this game coming up, I want to say that Miami wins it, but I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to assert himself tonight. I'll say that. And I, I don't know why I think that. I just think... Jimmy's he's not there yet, and what do you mean I, it's, it's just on a gut feeling right now. I he's think he's not there yet. I'm not saying like he's not there yet as a star. I just think his assertiveness is not there yet in this series because he's not really hunting his shot like you know the number one option on a team would. And to be fair, this Miami team they're not an isolation based team. I'll say that kind of the similar vein as the Raptors, but Jimmy Butler can assert himself to be the, the guy on a team when he wants to. And I just think tonight the Celtics are going to overwhelm the Miami heat again with a combination, you know, of uh, smart and uh, you know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba, those guys. But I also, I'm looking at Gordon Hayward too. I think, He's not going to have a big game in terms of points, but I think he's going to contribute on the, on the glass. He's going to make assists. It's just going to help the Boston offense facilitate better. So guys like Kemba can get better shots, guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And I, I think we're going to be at a 2-2 series once this game concludes. I wanted to say my, a piece on Jimmy Butler is that, like, I don't think people have ever looked at Jimmy Butler and be like he's a superstar hmm. but you know i look at jimmy butler as one of the most respected players in the league in terms of his hard work and um his intensity um and you know i would i, would, I feel like in this show we always make raptors connections because that's we were just raptors fans yeah but i view jimmy butler as like the small forward version of a prime cal lowry in that hmm. like you know he Look, he, like you mentioned, like he 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 can be a closer. He's always been a closer, but um, he doesn't always need to dominate the game like a superstar does. But he's he's like that perfect guy that you you'd want on a team, regardless of anything. Like he's he he's like the perfect team player, and um, his intensity on the defensive end, his his passion for the game is infectious, and 
that's the way I also view Kyle Lowry. Um, but that, that's why Jimmy Butler, like, you know, he can he be number one option? I think that's why I was questioning the whole Miami um, move because I was thinking, like, I don't necessarily view Jimmy Butler as, you know, the, the number one guy. We, if we looked at his career, you know, Jimmy Butler was, I would say he played secondary role to Derrick Rose when he was in his prime. Um, in Minnesota, his role was to be that, that complimentary player for Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and that's why a lot of people were thinking, like, he might, may have went, he might go to the Clippers, be a complimentary guy for Kawhi or something of that nature. But when I saw him go to Miami, I'm like, hmm, this guy's probably there for the money and just for the beaches, you know? That's what I originally thought, no, with no disrespect to Miami. But I just didn't th- – like we talked about earlier, we didn't think Miami was going to be that good of a team that they are right now. Um, I think that I just – but then I was thinking, okay, maybe he's just waiting for if potentially Giannis comes to Miami, which could still happen. But I think the role that he's playing on this team is still that, like, he can be the closer. He's the definitive closer, actually. But I think, like, we we just didn't expect Bam Adebayo to play the way he has been playing. So um, he is playing that secondary role for this Miami team, um, which is perfect for him. And Miami's got a bright future because they also got, like, all these – young players like the heroes and Robinsons and then also good complimentary players to go around. Like Miami's just a very good team. And I've been just impressed throughout the whole year. I'll tell you what, man, if Jimmy Butler asserts himself tonight, Miami's taking the game. If he doesn't, they lose. That's mm-hmm. like, that's all it is that I'm looking for because Jimmy Butler. Yeah. He's not that guy that's going to score 30 a night every night, but in big games, he shows up. Yeah. So, this is a big game coming up because, you know, it's a, it's a game at a crossroads. You can take a commanding lead, like I was saying, or you can be t- knotted up at 2-2. So I expect big things from Jimmy Butler in games like this. So I think that's honestly the biggest key because Bam has played good. Dragic, he had an off game, but he's been playing good for the most part. I think he's, he's been the definitive guy on offense, Dragic, for the Miami Heat this postseason. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of a surprise to me because I expected Jimmy Butler to be like, you know, consistent, like 18 to 20 points, but that just hasn't happened yet for Jimmy. So I'm looking for him to assert himself moving forward. Maybe he hasn't had to so far because they've just been winning games. Yeah, that's fair too. He hasn't had to, but I think in this series, he absolutely has to be assertive in order for Miami to take it. Yeah, and I definitely want, like, I think about Dragic, like, how close he was to being a Dallas Maverick this offseason. Like, I thought it was a done deal, you know? Um, and that would have been a nice fit, a player to play with uh, um, Luca and Porzingis. Um, but he stayed. Uh, for I think, I think it was because uh, the salary cap just didn't work. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dragic is definitely playing for his uh playing his worth um with the Miami Heat. He's going to get a pretty big uh one or two year contract in the offseason, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. All right. So, now that we've talked about the two series that are going on in the playoffs, we've brought a new segment to the show because I'm going to lie, it's been a pretty slow news week for the NBA because you know, outside of the two games, there is one day where 
there were no basketball games being played. So we've had to take a look at a lot of the news headlines around the league to bring up this segment. We're calling it, is that DAPS or is that CAPS? So basically, if you're not familiar, DAPS, you know, DAPS is like, yo, props, props, props for that. And then cap, you know, like, damn, they cap it. So that means like, this is not good. Or this is, you're, yo, you're capping. This is fake. You're, you're tripping. For mm-hmm. any of the viewers or listeners that don't know what those terms mean. So <laughs> basically it's like, you know, is this good or is this bad? To simplify things. So I've got a couple of headlines here that I've written down. And we're going to go over them one by one. So we're going to start out with Billy Donovan's hiring of the Bulls. Is that DAPS or is that CAP? You know, I'm actually torn. Um, but I will say it's DAPS because it's not Jim Boylan. That's anything's mm-hmm. an improvement over him. Um, it was an, I understand that he was a coach of the year candidate, but I think we talked about this early in the play, uh, in the podcast. Um, well, not this podcast, but before, but like how he, he was kind of exposed a little bit in that last series. Um that the before the leaving OKC finished, yeah, against the Rockets, yeah, just because of his uh, questionable decisions in, pl- in terms of his plays. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, for a young, very troubled team like the Chicago Bulls, um, I think Billy Donovan's like uh, very f- player-friendly approach is going to be a huge change in comparison to Jim Boylan in terms of how much I'm sure a lot of those players hated him. Hmm. So I think it, it, on that end, um, that's a good thing. And I guess as a rebuilding coach, I think that's what his role, like he's, he's most suitable for. I think that he can be a great rebuilding coach in terms of like, you know, inspiring players um, to play to their potential, believing in themselves. And to that note, I think Billy Donovan did a great job with that um, with the OKC Thunder. But do I see him as a long-term tactical coach? I don't know. I uh, He hasn't really proved that so far. So I think that this is just a good temporary coach until the Chicago Bulls um, one day actually be a contender in the East. You know, they've got a lot of work to do. Um, can Zach Levine be the number one option? Uh, Laurie Markkinen going to play to his potential? Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White? Um, well, they, they, they've got they're, they're obviously still a mess of a team but um, this is a fresh start this is not Jim Boylan so that's one step above what they were before <laughs> yeah um, I would agree because the Jim Boylan point is huge it's, it's huge that they got someone that wasn't Jim Boylan but mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Bulls are a capping just because I think Billy Donovan has been a pretty beneficial coach in terms of the players he's had on his teams so you know he he coached the thunder with uh, durant and westbrook for one season westbrook in his mvp season and then this season he had chris paul so he with that in mind he's has a 60 percent win rate as a coach but as impressive as that is i'm excited to see how how a guy like billy donovan who we know as, you know, not an X's and O's tactician. I'm excited to see how he's going to do with this young Bulls team. I I expect them to struggle out the gate just because they're a young team. And I don't put too much stock in Billy Donovan being the best coach. I'm going to say, 
I, I want to say they cap in just because I think they could probably find somebody better than Billy Donovan, but it's not a terrible hiring because if you think about it, like, you know, the, the coaches that are really on the market right now are guys like Dan Tony, Nate McMillan, uh, you know, Brett Brown. I don't think anybody wants Brett Brown, but um, Billy Donovan, it's, it's not a bad hiring, but I wouldn't say it's the best hiring for them. So I think they cap in because I think they could have done better. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the next headline, we, we made some headlines with the UFC and the NBA this uh, pre- previous week because there was a UFC fight and a fighter by the name of Colby Covington. I don't know if anybody's mm. uh, aware of him, but he basically said after the end of his fight where he won, he was like calling out LeBron James, which um, honestly, I think we're both on the same page with our stance on that. I think it was really uncalled for for him to um, sort of bring up the woke athlete and calling that out. But we're not really talking about that in this segment. We're going to talk about the prospect of Kobe Covington beating LeBron James in a UFC fight. He said that LeBron wouldn't last 10 seconds in the octagon with him. So you give daps for that statement or is, is he captain? Um, <laughs> I honestly do not like that guy. I actually watched that fight to be honest um, with some of my friends. Uh, he's also the same guy who um I mean, he, I, I, I've, he's made a name for himself. Um, I, I have UFC friends. I'm not the biggest UFC guy, but I have UFC friends. And they talked about how, you know, in the beginning of his career, he was actually like, um, he was about to get kicked out of the UFC because he just wasn't getting any draw. And he only started becoming bigger because of the fact that, like, he just talks a lot yep. about politics controversial things make america great again all that type of stuff and i'm I'm sure i'm sure he probably still believes it but he's like super extra with it because that's part of the way he brands himself and that's why he's uh he was a main card guy uh in that last fight and his ego like he's a very hateable guy like (laughs) um obviously for his stance and like just his attitude um you know and that fight uh Again, I forget the guy he was fighting, but Tyron um, Woodley. Yes, yeah, and Woodley, unfortunately, like he uh, he lost that fight. It was I was definitely rooting for Woodley, um, but in terms of his comments, I would definitely say he's. I don't want to dab him up. I don't want to say the word dab. I don't want to dab that guy up. But technically, yeah. he is right because I guess. Like, we look at LeBron James's body. Like, the way he trains is for a specific sport. And I don't think um, the – what's his name? Sorry, the UFC guy. Covington. Uh, Covington. He's necessarily, like, the best at what he does. But he's been training for that. So, that, I mean, if to directly answer the question, I think he would definitely – beat lebron james right now it wouldn't be easy and i'm i bet you right now if lebron james was training for ufc he would whoop his ass mm. let's get let's keep it real but just with current state yeah technically he would win but that's also the same reason why technically he could beat floyd mayweather because floyd mayweather doesn't train for like ufc he just trains for boxing you know mm-hmm. it, just based on that but like 
yeah, that's one of those are my thoughts on it. Yeah, Funny 100%, question. 100%. Um, the fact that he brought it up, I was just thinking like, damn, like this guy, he, it's exactly on his character. But in terms of LeBron James lasting 10 seconds in the ring with Kobe Covington, I think he could honestly last 10 seconds. Like, oh, yeah, 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 it, yeah. Sorry. It, come on, man. Like LeBron, he's not going to run at him. Like if he runs at him, yeah, Covington can knock him out. But 10 seconds, LeBron can last 10 seconds, I think, even if he doesn't train for the UFC. So I think he's definitely capping because LeBron James, he's still a world-class athlete. He doesn't train for UFC, like you were saying, and LeBron's probably still going to lose that fight. I don't know. He might get knocked out, but definitely not in 10 seconds because, I don't know, if I'm LeBron's, in LeBron's corner, I'm like, bro, don't run at him. Just stay away. And then he lasts 10 seconds and he's done. So, I'll say Covington, he's definitely capping. <laughs> and I hope he fights, you know, I'm a big UFC fan. I hope he fights Usman again. It was his last fight before uh, Woodley. And Covington got his ass whooped. He yeah. Jaw fucking, like, chopped off by Saw that too. Usman. So, hopefully they fight again. But anyways, that we're still actually going to stay on the topic of LeBron. Because... Uh, Bronny actually made some headlines. Oh, we're week. talking about that. <laughs> yeah, Bronny. So, yeah. I don't know. People, like, I was watching B Ball Breakdown's uh, live show last night. Yeah. And uh, Coach Nick, he was talking about how uh, LeBron looked kind of distracted a little bit in the oh, last game. And people were, like, saying in the comments, maybe it was because of Bronny. Uh, I don't know if anybody followed uh, what happened last week, but I, I think basically LeBron just got caught on – he was on IG Live or something, and he was smoking weed. So, I, I mean, we're not dapping up Bronny here in this situation. Um, I think what we're trying to talk about here is uh, is was LeBron, like, actually distracted? Do you think LeBron was distracted by something like that? Or do you think that statement is just, like, cap and, you know – LeBron doesn't care. It's really funny. Um, so I've, I've been reading everything. And it's, and how, uh, it's entertaining to say the least about, you know, the whole like LeBron's going to whoop his ass when he gets back. <laughs> LeBron's <laughs> traded, LeBron traded Bronny for like a new son or some shit. Yeah, that type of stuff. It's hilarious. The memes are funny. Um, and it didn't help that... Like um, LeBron James, after that, he actually posted a picture on his IG um, of his kids talking about like, oh, I miss you. Can't wait to see you again. And the comments were filled with like, yo, (laughs) rest in peace, Bronny. (laughs) Um, I don't know what, like, it's hard to say what kind of a father LeBron James is because I feel like he he can be a cool dad. I don't know how strict of a father he is. Um, and whether he would allow Bronny to smoke that pack, you know? Because he was smoking them, right? And like, I think it was talk- he, he, he was commenting on, like, I think the comment was like, I'm smoking on that Nuggets pack or something like that. Like, oh it was just God. a direct reference to uh, Denver, Col- you know, Denver, Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> there's not much to say because we don't know who he is as a father. But it's it's funny, um, and at his age, you know, it kind of makes sense that he might start smoking. But you know, as an athlete, I'm sure that uh, 
LeBron James is probably looking at it in that as- aspect and being like, you know, that's not good for you. But at the same time, he was teammates with J.R. Smith, you know? Yeah, they are <laughs> the Henny God. I'm pretty yeah. sure he played a bunch of games high. I mean, you could just look at the NBA Finals when he Hold- ran the ball. I mean, hold up. They also have Dion Waiters on that team, too. Oh, right? yeah, the guy, <laughs> Mr. Edible himself. The yeah, man Mr. Who Gummy Bear. Almost needed to go to the hospital. Like, Oh, oh yeah. For, was it like Cheetos? Hot Cheetos or something? I think, uh, was, he was, I think it was Cheetos. He was just like, I think he was so close to going to the hospital. So I, like, I think it was just from the edibles, though. I think that he would... No? I don't Damn. know, dude. I, th- yeah. I, I, I heard Cheetos when... He was going to the hospital. Maybe they were like edible Cheetos or something. I don't know. No, I think they're edibles. And then, like, you know, when you get like really hungry, you eat cheat, like, you need hot Cheetos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The munchies. The, the munchies, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think a guy like LeBron, I mean, undoubtedly, like, he, LeBron's definitely smoked weed before. Let's, let's, oh, be yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't I don't know if he puts too much stock into that kind of thing because you know kids will be kids. But I will say this, like Bronny, I don't think he's like as of like I don't know what the law is in particular in California. I know it's legal in California, but I don't think Bronny's of age yet. So maybe that that notion could oh. maybe like have LeBron a little bit, you know, worried. But again, we don't know LeBron as a father, but I would assume you know, he'd probably have a call with his son to talk about it because LeBron is very involved with his kids' lives. Like, he's probably, like, one of the best fathers in, you know, sports because he, he loves his children and he wants to be involved in their lives. So I'm sure he probably had a talk with Bronny. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that notion that LeBron was, like, super distracted, I think that's cap because he still had 30 points 10 rebounds like, yeah he had a I don't 30 think point triple double so i don't think he was too distracted so but i wanted to say though like um one of the reasons why i i respect lebron james so much is he is a family man and um again we don't we can't know every single detail but i feel i do feel like lebron james is a good father just based on what i've seen and how the kids kids are raised um you know Bronny is a uh, yeah, again, like we obviously don't know him personally, right? But I just feel like he is a pretty good guy when it comes to you know he's got his he's obviously going to be I think he's going to be an NBA star when time comes, you know, based off you know having LeBron James as your father and that work ethic that he probably pushes on him. Um, and you know, I mean, also I've actually like he actually as uh, he does Twitch, he does gaming. I don't know. If, yeah, he does. Yeah, it's actually pretty funny to watch because uh, <laughs> He's got- when he he goes to the streamers, um, like for example, there's a Cash Nasty. He's a yeah. big uh, LeBron fan, and he kind of just trolls Cash like, saying, yeah. "Hey, Dad, come over here." And then like, Cash is like, "Well, Cash oh. is a big LeBron fan. That's funny." <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I love that. Uh, but another they're gonna like, yeah, I think LeBron James, um. I, I I think that he's probably going to influence uh, Ronnie to be like a good, uh, outstanding man mm-hmm. above all. Um, so I'm not too worried about Ronnie Jr. Um, and again, respects to LeBron James and being a family man, you know, marrying his high school crush instead of like, you know, uh, being involved in 
what you know some NBA players get involved with, you know, in yeah. you know, so respect to them and the family. Yeah, and staying with the the James gang, we're st- we're yeah. still gonna talk LeBron. We might as well rename this segment to LeBron Talk because uh, <laughs> LeBron has been in in the headlines lately, anyway. So mm-hmm. the MVP was recently announced. Giannis Antetokounmpo won the MVP for a back-to-back year. Became the first player since Hakeem Olajuwon and Michael Jordan to win the MVP and the Defensive Player in the Year. So he joins that elite crew. And LeBron James, he says he gets he got snubbed for MVP. Uh, 16 plays first first place votes. So that's snub for like LeBron says he got snubbed. So do you give him daps for that or is he capping? Absolute daps. LeBron James is the best player in the world. Let's keep it real, 100. Like, he has proven time after time why he is. Um, and LeBron James is one of the most hated players in, and I hate, I, I, and I, it annoys me because, you know, obviously the big comparison that people make is Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk to most old heads. Michael Jordan is way better. Well, LeBron James will never be what Michael Jordan is. Look at the records. You know, LeBron James will never get six rings. Blah 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 blah. blah. This, I we as people, for the most part, are prisoners of the moment. You know, we don't necessarily appreciate the greatness until it's over. And I always pay attention to that because I, as an individual pay attention to LeBron, uh, a player like LeBron James, even though he's hurt the Raptors for so many years, you know, and I'm a big Raptors fan first, but I look at a guy, LeBron James, and I'm like, I got to appreciate his greatness before the time he goes, you know, he's only got a few years left in him. And when he retires, the league is going to be a whole different league because LeBron James has been running it for how many years? Um, He, I believe he's, he's got the most, points in playoff history now or what was yeah so yeah exactly so he's been a definitive star in that way his record um it's due to some certain circumstances some his own doing like i would say like the mavericks loss was a kind of the most disappointing i would say um but but also the loss with uh the two the 2007 loss the first time he went to the nba finals against the spurs Uh, like that doesn't count i don't count that because i don't blame him of, he, he carried a team full of bums to the NBA Finals. And he lost so, to a good team. Like a really a good, good team. Really good team. So again, his record shouldn't be the definitive thing that defines his legacy. Um, I thought that his quote about um, Marcus All, about how like Marcus All mm. won Defensive Year uh, Player of the Year, but it was second um, NBA se- uh, defensive team, was very interesting. I, which I think it plays to the narrative that, like, in some ways, I think the league, um, <sighs> this might be a very hot, I, I don't know, maybe it's a little too strong, but mm. I feel it in some ways. I don't necessarily agree with this statement per se, but in some, I feel like LeBron James is a little underrated because mm. of the amount of hate that he gets, mm. because of the amount of, um, like it's so easy to hate on him, and in some ways, actually, when I talk, watch a lot of these debate shows, like Undisputed and First Take, you know, some of the things they talk about is like um, Kawhi Leonard and how like um, 
why isn't he getting hated on on bad performances like LeBron James does? Like if LeBron James performed like how he was playing, like I believe it was 14 points in game seven for Kawhi Leonard. If he had a game like that, the media would rip LeBron James apart. But because it's Kawhi, the guy who's shy, not very talkative, mm, he gets, that's, that's exactly why. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't talk. So like you can't really say anything about him if he doesn't talk. But that's the thing about I, I'm I'm a fan of confident players, you know. Like I don't I'm not a fan of players who talk but are shit, like freaking Patrick Beverly. But if <laughs> but if you're if you're LeBron James, you know the thing I like to say is like if you have what's the point of having muscles muscles if you don't flex, you know? But with LeBron James, you know he's a he's proven that he's the best player. Of course he's gonna talk his talk, you know. Like, he's going to say that he's the best player because he is. He's going to say that, you know, some of his best moments was, um, I think my favorite moment in LeBron James was um, 2016, down 3-1 against uh, the, the Golden State Warriors. And he was kind of laughing at a comment that Clay Thompson said. I forgot the exact comment. It was, it was something a little disrespectful to LeBron in his view. And he kind of laughed it off. And he's just like, something on the lines of, we'll see, you know? And I just love the attitude. You know, that's what makes LeBron James great. Like, his attitude and his belief in himself is why he's the greatest player in the league. So I say all of that to say um, I agree with his statement. I think I give him full daps for that because he was disrespected this year in the MVP uh, uh, voting. I understand that Giannis, you know, it's a regular season award. He He played well, and he was part of a very good team. But 16 vote for LeBron is just disrespectful. Let's keep it 100. What do you think? Well, I'll say this. I'll, I'll say LeBron's captain right now because the MVP has never been about the best player in the league. Uh, well, anyway, like the best player doesn't always win MVP. So you look at mm-hmm. some seasons, Steve Nash, back-to-back MVPs. And then, you know, arguably Kobe could have won one there, Shaq. Shaq was in there. LeBron was in the running for a bunch of MVPs in his career, and he lost a couple that I think he should have won. And even you look at Michael Jordan. He had, I believe, five MVPs in his career, but he could have realistically won MVP like almost every season he's in the game. So you just look at the MVP award, and I think it's never always been about the best player in the league. I think it's just been about storylines. So a lot of reasons why you don't have players win MVP year after year or the best player in the league anyway, win MVP year after year after year is because of voter fatigue. So, you know, teams or not team, but voters like Ramona Shelburne, for example, she flatly set out that she votes mostly due to narrative and she voted, she voted LeBron this year, but that's always what it goes, goes into for MVP. It's about the narrative. So Derek Rose, the youngest MVP in NBA history, he arguably won the MVP award because of the narrative. I'd say LeBron James had a better season than Derrick Rose that year, but he won the MVP, I believe, because he led the Chicago Bulls to the best record in the league, which is a common theme around MVPs. They usually are the best player on the best team. And he also said at the start of the season, why can't I be the MVP? And that was a great narrative for the media to say, hey, we should vote vote for Derrick Rose because he's the best player on the best team. So Mm. that's the same argument with Steve Nash, best player on the best team, led his team from uh, 
the I think it was like at the time it was the best uh, season turnaround um, in NBA history before the Boston Celtics did it in 07. So the MVP has always been about narratives. I'll say that. So the fact that LeBron didn't win this year, I think played into the narrative of Giannis, again, being the best player on the best team. They're not necessarily the best player in the league. Like, I, and I got to say, Draymond Green, I believe he said this too on Inside the NBA. But the MVP has never been about the best player in the league. It's just been about the best player on the best team in that particular season. And I have no gripes with Giannis winning the award because in the regular season, he was the best player in the league in, in, in this season. But if we're talking like player rankings overall, LeBron has been the best player in the league since probably oh, like – Oh, three? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh that's, that's cap. That's cap. <laughs> but, Get out. Um, like maybe oh five. I, I want to say like probably oh eight, oh nine. I think that's when he really took off as like the definitive best player. Because that's when like Kobe was he was still really good, but Kobe was not, you know, the I, you know, actually you if we're being re- like realistic, I'd say oh seven after after um carrying that team to the NBA finals. I think mm, that like that's, that that's says, that speaks a lot of volumes to what type of player he is. Yeah. And I also want to just touch on the defensive player of the year award with like Marcus Saul like making second team and then winning the award. That's also something that's really dumb with the award system. Um because I, I believe Bill Simmons he voted Doncic to be number one on his MVP ballot, but he had Harden making the all NBA first team over Doncic. So it just goes to show that I don't know necessarily who chooses the voters or what sort of panel decides who's going to vote in the uh, awards, but there's an argument to be made that these media people shouldn't be voters for these types of awards because they affect contracts because a guy like Giannis or guys like AD, you know, even Luca or honestly I don't, I don't even know which type of players get bonuses for this type of stuff, for all NBA stuff, but a lot of players can get bonuses. Like These are clauses in p- people's contracts. So, you know, I think, who was it? Uh, Nick Collison, former uh, Oklahoma City Thunder center. I believe he had like a $2 million bonus or something like that if he won MVP, which is insane because Nick Collison will never get close to that ever. But like that's just an example there, there are these weird clauses in contracts especially like all nba stuff so, uh yes i remember a good example a recent example was i think clay thompson last year he didn't get uh an all nba third um and that affected his contract situation a little bit yeah and you and you even look at like players bradley beal for example he he's the first player in nba history just to average like 30 plus points and not make an all nba team mm. and granted they had a bad team, the Wizards this year, but you know, there's there's an argument to be made there that Bradley Beal should have made all NBA third at least. So it's it's just the voters in general, it's kind of questionable to have media members vote on that. I think it should be coaches, you know, coaching staff around the league that should be voting on this stuff because they're in the game and on the bench every game and they see these players play live and they're not going to be biased on narratives. I believe they really respect players for their games. So 
if you think of a guys like, you know, again, to make it Raptor related, Kyle Lowry, for example, I think he would have a shot at all defensive team if coaches voted because coaches around the league know that Lowry is a great defender. So there's definitely some flaws in the system. And I think they need to address some of these flaws moving forward because ideally the media will always vote for a narrative because that's what they're trained to do. We can attest to that because we went to journalism school. It's always about the story. So, I mean, I, I respect LeBron James and I think 16 first place votes is still pretty disrespectful, but it could also be that he played with Anthony Davis, who was an MVP candidate as well. But he, he's definitely capping because the MVP award has never been about the best player in the league. It's always just been about the best player on the best team in that particular season. So that, that's the argument I'd have to make about that. So mm-hmm. there are a couple other topics that we're going to get to, but we're kind of running a little long on this podcast. So we're just going to do one more. We're going to talk about Paul George, Mr. Pandemic P himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's already old news that the Clippers have been knocked out of the playoffs, but Paul George made a speech apparently to the locker room in after they lost to the Nuggets, basically saying like, come on guys, we got to lock in for one more year. And, you know, it was met with some rolled eyes and, you know, a little bit like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? So there's that. And then we can also talk about Paul George basically saying that, this season wasn't championship or bust for the Clippers. So Paul George, he just seems like the king of making bad statements after a loss. Like very famously, he said to Damian Lillard's amazing game-winning shot, like, oh, that's a bad shot. That was definitely cap. Is Paul George capping this time or are you giving him daps for that? Oh, hella cap, bro. This man needs to learn how to just shut up and take responsibility like and i'm sorry we're not gonna necessarily like for the money you make you know and go the off role, him, bro. go off bro. <laughs> and the expectations the role that you play the amount of assets that the franchise gave away just to get your your trash ass bro Listen, man, you need to just be like, listen, you shouldn't be talking the way you're talking, talking about like, it's not, it's never been a champion. Like it, obviously it was a championship or bust. The Clippers franchise has been a joke for so many years and y'all couldn't even get past the second round. The second round. Like this team hasn't been, this franchise has never been past the second round. And you're, you and Kawhi were that dynamic duel. You know, even, you know, even Kawhi should get some of the smoke because honestly, the whole um, the 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 ad that he was playing in the beginning of the season about taking over LA and that type of stuff, like yeah, they, they look real silly right now. Like <laughs> the Clippers, I would I was questionable of the team throughout the year because I just thought that they were a little overrated, but I still saw them making it to at least the Western Conference Finals. They, <laughs> I just find it oh, funny, like the LA our way campaign, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, specifically the Paul George, man. What you should have been doing is being like, listen, I'm a max player and I played like trash, like absolutely trash. I choked real hard. I let the team down. 
Um, I am absolutely disappointed in myself, and I promise next year that I am going to play better and work harder this offseason. That's like exactly what Siakam said. Pretty well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like he should, but be accountable. Be accountable. We we know that you're a star, you know, and we've been. We know that we care about you, especially since you know we remember the injury uh, from years ago, that your leg injury, and we supported your your comeback and everything. But you just need to play, man. You need you need to stop talking. Um, take accountable that you know during clutch moments you've been you've let the team down many times. But again, Raptors-centric podcast. We keep talking about the Raptors, and I, I hate making the comparison, but the first thing I thought about was how Kyle Lowry has choked. And I hate to say it. I'm a big Lyle fan, but he's choked in the playoffs several times. Yeah. Um, but he, he doesn't say things like that, and he bounces back, and he works hard, and he proves the haters. And trust me, I remember when people were ripping Lowry apart from being this choker. Um, but I remember um, watching the NBA Finals last year. Um, Lowry was invited to NBA TV set with uh, they had Shaq, they had Charles Barkley, Matt Weiner, um, and I believe another oh Kenny Smith. It was basically TNT except Ernie Johnson. It was on NBA yeah. on TV. They were inviting him post game, and Shaquille O'Neal directly looked at Kyle Lowry and said, "Thank you for working hard. Thank you for listening to us and uh, not taking it personally and working hard. And we've always believed in you. We just wanted to push you." Um, and I think that's the same case with uh, Paul George. We don't. We're not ripping on him because you know, just for no reason. We're ripping on you for your play, and on top of that, the things that you say after. <laughs> I mean, the fact we roast the the pandemic P thing because you you called yourself playoff P, yet you haven't proved yourself. You haven't earned that nickname. We're you, like you're giving us material to attack you on later on, so. Paul George needs to shut up, take the criticism, work hard, and be the max player that he is. Be the player that is worth it. Because if they don't win a championship, like, I'm not saying quietly, but just, like, say the team blows up because eventually, you know, the lack of draft picks is going to hurt that franchise. Um, We're going to look back at history and see this Paul George as an experiment, as a mistake. And the whole... To the point, remember, Stephen A. Smith was talking about comparing him to Dwight Howard. That's, and I'm, then that was a very harsh, but what I think about it more and more, it could potentially be like that. A, a star on a, a small market team uh, finally gets a chance to play with another superstar, Dwight Howard with Kobe and uh, Paul George with uh, Kawhi Leonard, falls in expectations and in his career tra- trajectory goes down from there. I can kind of see that with Paul George. I hope not. I hope that he proves himself because last year he was, was he not an MVP candidate until he got injured for he the was, OKC? He was. Exactly. So he has the talent. It's the mentality. He's got to work on that, especially since I know that he's a, he's inspired by Kobe and the Kobe. Oh mentality. my God. I was going to bring that up. I had that like in the back of my head. It's disrespectful <laughs> I, that he brought up like, it's disrespectful yeah. that he has Kobe as one of his, like, you know, inspirations and mentors. Yeah. And then he's yeah. going around saying stuff like this, like, oh, that was a bad shot, Damian Lillard. Yeah. Oh, man, like, I'm laughing at, who is it? I'm laughing at the Blazers right now because they're getting their ass whooped. And then he goes after this, this series and he's like, oh, guys, you know, 
let's let's rally for next year. And then in the media, he says, oh, you know, it wasn't championship or bust this year. We got next year. Like, shut what? up, man. That's not that's not Mamba mentality. Like, Absolutely not. No. Like, shut up. Shut the fuck up, Paul George. Like, I'm actually mad at that because Kobe Bryant, if if he was in this situation, he would not say that shit at all. He'd be pissed. And Absolutely. Paul George, I don't know what the hell happened to you, but I can say this too. The resemblances between the 2015 Clippers and the 2020 Clippers are just uncanny. Like I'm looking at this graphic right now by Statline on Instagram. Uh, apparently the Clippers of this year and the 2015 Clippers, they both blew a 3-1 lead in the second round. Yep. They both blew a 19-point lead in game six, and they got exited in the second round. So Who's the coach? Doc Rivers. Doc exactly. Rivers is also has a big L to take, honestly, because he's I think he's the only coach in the NBA history that's blown multiple 3-1 leads. But Paul George, man, you're fucking capping, bro. Like you need to stop. Stop being like this. <laughs> like seriously. I think, I think, you know, I think he's the softest player in the league now, in my opinion. Even after uh Kevin Durant. At least Kevin Durant, he he performs. He's got chips to back up, even though it's controversial his chips, but still he's got chips. Paul George, you be talking all this talk and you've been, bro, hitting the side of the backboard in a game seven. Yeah. You think Kobe would ever do that? Nah. Well, nah. Kobe's done. Kobe's had air balls in his career. Of Let's course. Yeah, yeah. But, fair. but, but I'll, I'll say clutch this. moments? Clutch moments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in, I believe it was Kobe's rookie year. They played the Utah oh, Jazz bro. in the first round. Okay. And then he had like maybe like back to back air balls. But I'll say this. You can't say to like Damian Lillard that that was a bad shot when you're clearly like clanking a wide open corner three off the backboard. Like that's that's probably the worst way you can miss other than an air ball is by like hitting the backboard. And it comes off hella salty too when you say it like right yeah, after. Yeah, Paul George, he's he's the softest player in the league. I also think he's the most petty. He's the pettiest player in the league. We should call him Petty P for now on. Petty like, P. Honestly pedestrian p i i gave him that nickname i'm gonna call him petty p from now on because yeah honestly bro this guy capping way too much bro and that's why damian lillard and cj mccombe was on his yeah, ass on twitter yeah like i i see them as very good like well-standing people there's a reason why they specifically went at him because he's been talking shit mad shit uh him and pat about bev bro cancun and three cancun yeah yeah, come on. That's the thing. Like, I, I know we talked about it. I don't want to go too much on the Clippers again because we just talked about it before. But that team is full of just egos. Like, it's just annoying. Like, him, Patrick Beverly, uh, Lou Wills to a certain degree, Montrez, Harrell, you know. They what just... is it? A sweet, like, what is it? Lemon Pepper Lou? Is that his, yeah. like, trade? He filed a trademark for that nickname. <sighs> he wants to make merch. I don't know, man. It, 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 which is funny. Why would Kawhi join a team like that? You Kawhi know? is probably I, regretting it now, bro. Like, for honestly, sure. I—that's—that's that's the Raptor fan coming at me. Like, look, I got the I got the championship hoodie on right now. But I'll say this: Kawhi probably joined the team, and as the season went along, he's like, "Fuck, there's too many like egos in this fucking locker room." I think if he if he just stayed in Toronto, like the only guy with like the ego there is like pretty much Kyle Lowry, but. Kyle Lowry's ego is not like, oh yeah, like you know, bad shot. It's not. It's just no, championship or bust. No, it's not like that. It's a team mentality. He's about winning. And th yeah. That's that's the only like ego with him. 
but well actually sorry i just wanted to rem- i was like you mentioned petty right another thing is like the clippers specifically got like uh Mar- morris and reggie jackson yeah. out of pettiness to to make sure the lakers don't get them yeah that's which is oh, like that team oh, is, ca- is full of pettiness and like and egos and Morris is obviously uh, you, we we know the reputation of the Morris brothers in the league, you know. So <laughs> that team is just uh, I don't know what they're gonna do in the off season, but but regardless of what happens with the off season, Paul George, bro, we need to get on his ass. Like we need to continue be to be on his ass, bro. Paul George, this is directly addressed to you. You need to stop capping before you get the fuck out of the league because. Honestly, like, this is the type of stuff, like, Stephen A. Smith was saying, like, that was a little in- insane to say at the, at the moment where he compared you to, to Dwight Howard. But this could honestly happen. You just need to shut the fuck up and work on your basketball game right now. At least Dwight Howard wasn't talking like he was, too. So it could be even worse. Because this could, I think Paul George, could, Paul George could potentially end up worse than Dwight Howard. Because yeah. I think Dwight Howard still has some respect in the league. Paul George, especially especially after the acquisition, uh, like the, how much they had to give up to get Paul George. Yeah. You think Paul George is on the trade block right now. He's not getting nowhere near the amount. bro. <laughs> I, wouldn't, five... I wouldn't trade him for shit, bro. <laughs> I'll give him a bag of chips and like some peanuts. Like shit. For the, co- the money he's making. Oh my God. He's got, he finally has what he wants. He's talked about, oh, I've always wanted to go to LA, LA. And now you got that... He, Talking about, oh, I've always wanted to play with Kawhi, too. You know, now you got two of those things. It's on you to perform, and you choked. And I'm not even talking about, like, a few bad games here and there, because that happens, you know? Um, he just straight up choked. Like, he... Yeah. Man. And you know what, Paul George? Don't ever, ever bring up Kobe Bryant. Don't ever bring up Kobe Bryant's name in vain when you're comparing, like, you know... When you're saying like, oh, I'm, I patterned my game after him or something like that. Don't ever bring up Kobe Bryant until you perform in the playoffs. Okay? Like, don't take Kobe's name in vain. Because Kobe, up, he's probably up there hooping with like Jesus or something right now. And he doesn't want to be looking down at you and saying like, fuck, man. Paul George, don't, don't talk about me, man. You're, you're choking. So, Paul George, you need to stop and... I think we also need to stop this podcast because we're, we've been going on for too long. So thanks again for listening to the NBA's most valuable podcast. We'll be back next time with another episode. So until then, stay safe, sanitize, wear a mask, and we'll see you guys next time.